Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63, Rambler fans. We're at Season 2, Episode 11. Hey, uh, Lou, what was your favorite thing you ate this past Thanksgiving? I would say sweet potato casserole. And like sweet potato casserole, our sponsor this episode is Sister Jean, because she's as sweet as can be. Aww, yeah. Sister Jean, we need your prayers, because this team needs anything they can get. They definitely do. it. They are like turkey without gravy, turkey without stuffing, you know, just not good enough right now. Um, but we are going to have a good episode. We'll talk about some of the games in depth. Um, we're going to give our first quarter of the season grades. Uh, we've played eight games, which is just about a quarter of the season. So we're going to kind of talk about each of the players, how we grade them out, and maybe what, what we hope for them to do the rest of the season. And we'll talk about, we have a couple little news things, not too much, uh, happened though this past holiday week. So uh, we'll be sure to get into it. So don't turn that dial, don't click another podcast, and don't turn away. Uh, thank you and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63. All right, Lou. So the first thing we want to start off with is a big shouts out to our girls Woo-hoo! basketball girls basketball team. Uh, they just defeated, as we're recording this, they just defeated Portland in overtime. They absolutely dominated the overtime period. Um, and they are now 6-0. So, big shouts out to those girls. Um, I know I need to make it out to a girls game here sometime here soon. I think it'd be lots of fun. They're an exciting team. They got lots of good scorers. They shoot it from deep. They got some post-up post, post up players that can shoot and score and drive. And um, Yeah, I, I, big shouts out to that girls team. Yeah, I think it'd be actually interesting. I, think, I know I need to get out to a, a game in general. Well, yeah, I mean... But uh, sometimes been. they have those double headers. They do have... Yeah. We've had those in the past... We had the women's game early, and then you stay for the men's game, or vice They Yeah, they've done it where they have had kind of double headers in a sense. Yeah, that would be lots of fun. Yeah. I think they especially like to do that in the winter, like sometimes when school's out of session. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, shout out to the team. Um, we'll definitely keep following. The Missouri Valley as a whole in the women's uh, league is insanely good this year. Um, I really do think that they're going to... Last year, I think they got two teams uh, into the NCAA tournament. I wouldn't be shocked if they get three teams this year. Um, so, shouts out to them. Um, now, on the men's news, men's side. Um, last week, when I was doing the podcast, I talked about um, how we how Baylor Hebb signed his letter of intent. Um, kind of a weird piece of news here. We, we, me and uh, Lou are trying to figure out what to make of it. Uh, one of the websites we like to use, um, if for nothing else, just a resource, because they're not always the most reliable, um, but Verbal Commits uh, usually is somewhat reliable about um, commitments from uh, high school players or transfers or anything like that. And uh, Lou pointed out that um, the other player that we have been um, notified of or we're targeting Jacob Hudson, the center, 6'10 center out of uh, Edina, Minnesota, um, we were under the impression that he was verbally committed to Loyola, but um, the website has him as having signed his letter of intent. A lot of times they'll post a source, or sometimes they'll post a source. There is no source for this one. We tried to find it on Twitter um, and other websites as There's well. There's not even a picture of him signing a letter with like his uh kind of table with our cloth over it yeah, coach as, or, or coach 
Just like you haven't really seen anything from Jacob's uh, side. Um, but then again, as this will lead into what we did see this week, mm. um, was that we saw Porter Moser, head coach Porter Moser, and uh, associate head coach uh, Matt Gordon mm-hmm. were up in Minnesota this Thanksgiving weekend to go watch him play. Yeah, which is super cool to see in their downtime. You know, ever it's Thanksgiving weekend. Like you would think that these guys would be resting or hanging out with their families or whatnot, but they're not. They're committed to to going to watch some of our up and coming, hopefully up and coming commitments going uh, to watch their games. So if anyone has any information on that, please let us know. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, um, Jacob, yourself, you want to get on the podcast? Yeah, um, we'll, we'll call you in. We'll talk to you about what uh, what you, you want to see in this team. I actually think one of his parents follows the podcast, at least the podcast Twitter, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so, cool. you know, maybe Mr. and Mrs. Hudson, if you guys are listening and you know, you know, if you have the correct information, let us know because we want to. We we don't want to report anything that's not fact. Um, but we're just going off what verbal commits us. I mean, we're pumped. We want him here. Like we think he's going to be an incredible player. Um, and uh, just kind of took at least me by surprise to see that online some somewhat reliable source had him as already signing his letter of intent. Um, but I, I don't know, Lou. Do you have any other news? It was kind of a slow week considering the holiday. I mean, we have stuff to talk about, about the tournament, about some of the other teams in our tournament. Um, no big upsets in the Missouri Valley this week. Um, I think I think Northern Iowa had a good win, and so did... Uh, uh, Bradley. Bradley did. did they, they knock off South Carolina? One of them beat South Carolina, and one beat uh, Kansas State. I think Bradley, Bradley beat, beat Kansas yeah. State. And then especially after for Bradley, for those of you who don't know, Bradley had a bad beat mm-hmm. against Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, just, the, I think, the day before, two days before, but they did go out and beat Kansas State by 13, mm-hmm. which I think is a huge statement win for them um, after coming off a bad beat from, uh, I think they lost by nearly 25-plus yeah. against uh, Northwestern. Yeah, and then Northern Iowa went and beat South Carolina. Um, so, I think that's going to do it for the news section. I think we're just going to focus on uh, the Cayman Islands tournament here in a minute, and then also go ahead and grade our players on how well they've been doing this so far this season. So, uh, stay tuned, and go Blurs. I have all my heart. I'm the number one biggest Marquise Kennedy fan. Number one biggest Marquise Kennedy fan. So, I think Marquise Kennedy, for me, is just, it's super fun to watch him play. It's super fun to watch him play. Watch him play. Alright, and we're back. So, um, why don't we start with the bad stuff and then we'll eventually get to the good stuff. Is there um, good stuff? There is good stuff, I promise. So stick with us because there is some good stuff. Um, first game of the Cayman Islands tournament, played South Florida, got off to a very good start. I can't remember. I think our lead at halftime was like 6 or 8 or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and then slowly but surely and then all at once, we ended up losing. Um... I think we lost 66-55 to a team that, I mean, they're good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're a bad team. So they won the CBI last year. And they're very good defensively, USF. Um, Offensively, not so good. So that's, I think that's the the thing that makes me a little upset is that not only did we not score a bunch down the stretch, but we let up 39 points in the second half to a team that's not very good offensively. 
Um, so yeah, it was 66-55. Um, Cam scored 16. Uh, Tate had 10, and everyone else was in single digits. Nine from Kennedy, six from Lucas, five from Ahir and Paxson. And two from each, Tom and Frank. So, Lou, you want to talk a little bit about the coaching staff. So why don't you uh, why don't you tell us what went wrong from a coaching staff standpoint here? So I think the biggest piece for me, and then we said uh, before we started going into this topic, that I'll hit on this one topic, and then we can elaborate more on players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this actually really isn't a total only players game mm-hmm. to like blame guys like you're not functioning well. Uh, Krug put up 16. Uh, granted, yeah, Tate had put up 10, but he had five turnovers. But let me get into the coaches. How do you let the team go 10 minutes without scoring a field goal? So for people who don't know, the last field goal we scored in the entire game mm-hmm. was 10 minutes and 28 seconds left in the second half. That was the last field goal. Yes, we scored points, so that means points off of free throw lines. Mm-hmm. But we did not take a field goal attempt made. In the whole second half, after 10 minutes, 28 points. Or 28 seconds, sorry, no points. That, to me, is so annoying and frustrating because as just a high school coach, hopefully, as a peewee, a little middle school's coach, and hopefully as a college, professional college coach, mm-hmm. and then the NBA, you would call a timeout and say, hey, we need to get a quick bucket. Mm-hmm. A quick, simple, you have plays that you design. Draw something up. And you got to call two timeouts or something. I don't know. Get do something where you can grab your two point guards and like if they're if the other team's on the front and you like hey first shot everyone here let's go something quick then everyone back yeah. but you need to call a play that gets a bucket because you can't just let the offense oh let's just keep going keep going and for those who had trouble yes there was a lot of trouble watching the games and you're not the only ones flow hoops was down very much I'd go fight for your money back in my opinion mm-hmm. um, I did not get flow hoops. Because I listened to the amazing broadcast they had, and actually oh, yeah. I'm very, very happy. And that's maybe news we should have said. Honestly, the brightest part of this whole tournament was the the audio stream. I, no problems. Both those guys did an incredible job. I will find their names. Cause yeah, they, we'd love to reach out to you. They were exquisite. Um, they were really enjoyable to listen to. They know their stuff. Um yeah, but continue. Sorry. So even the guys on the on the stream, on the audio stream, were mentioning how this offense is predictable mm-hmm. and is the same offense. I think they must have said 20, 30 times, pump fake, pass fake. Like everyone is waiting for Cameron Crowley to ba- pass back door. And if you throw some fakes in there. I mean, Cam does when he is looking to score, but some of the guards need but, to start. But my some. thing is then you that's where coaching because yep. you've just allowed them to run a system and yet, guys need to think for themselves, and I totally get maybe that argument. But also, you need to run a system that just not is only a one-player system. And we have now been, for the last eight games, our eight games, have been running a Cameron Krutwig special, mm-hmm. which I love Cameron Krutwig. I would love for him to drop 20, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds a game. I would love that. But that's not. we're not a team that can solely win on one player. We mm-hmm. are just not. That whole next man up thing that's been said since we went to the Final Four. But Porter Moser, where were you with this coaching of this whole running an offense? Because, yes, defensively, I think we're a strong team. I think we can. But the issue is not just, oh, can we, like, stop them? It's if, can we score? Mm-hmm. Because here's the issue. South Florida scored 20 points in the second half from turnovers. Mm-hmm. 20 points are from turnovers. 20 turnover. of their 39. Of so their over, 39. Over half. 
we're all from turnovers. Mm-hmm. So the way you respond to that is you need to score buckets. But then here's the issue: we scored one point in the second half from our bench, mm-hmm. and that and and just it's just unbelievable. We had no second chance points the whole entire game. So it's just it's blowing my mind that. We only score six points in the paint in the second half to our 20 in the first half. So what is our offense is what I'm throwing out there for that mm-hmm. coaching. Is who is our offense supposed to be? Is it a really our own? Can we only survive if one player does well? Do we live and die by Cameron Crutwig? And if so, then that's not the team I signed up to root for. No. Because I'm tired of the whole handoff to Lucas Williamson. And yes, it works sometimes where you get a nice backdoor pass. Yeah. But we literally need to redo our effort. Yeah, you have that play still there. Mm-hmm. But you got to maybe do where it's Marcus Kennedy and a here. I don't know. Like, you got to show it where the defense is more worried about guarding Cameron Crutwick. They're not going to be worried about a here and Marquise Kennedy. Mm-hmm. They're going to be worried about now they're going to be worried about Tate Hall getting a jumper. But what if you just run the offense through Marquise Kennedy, mm-hmm. a here, and Tate Hall? What if you actually disguise and shadow have Crutwick and Lucas on the other side of the ball? You don't need them near the ball. Because then, granted, as they get close to the ball, the defenders are there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's unfair a little bit. I think it's a little skewed. And this is getting back to coaching to see Cameron have all these turnovers. Mm-hmm. When in reality, I think it's only because he has the ball in his hand all the time. Exactly. And again, his having high turnovers also means he's also kind of the high assist guy. Yep. So I'm going to end it with the coaching staff. I need a new offense. I, I, I particularly need a new system that I can root for. And that was only from this game. And we'll get later on to the one game. So... I think I have an answer to all those points. Okay. And I think that answer is one Keith Clemens. I don't think he's going to solve everything, but here's here's my theory, right? Okay. Keith Clemens was known to be our starting point guard going into this season. Porter said it as soon as he got hurt that Keith Clemens was going to be our starting point guard. I guarantee you that every practice he was starting, they drew up plays for him. They drew up plays with him. Probably... Like a lot of what we saw at the end of last year with with Marcus Towns and Cameron Crutwig, lots of pick and rolls. That for me is one thing that I don't know where that went. Marcus Towns and Cameron Crutwig's pick and roll was deadly at the end of the season. It won us most of the games. It won us a game in Arch Madness. And it kept us in it against, uh, what, was it Creighton in the NIT? So I think that not only did they drop this offense using Keith Clemens, but then they also now, Keith Clemens goes down. There's no perfect fill-in for Keith Clemens. Uh, Marquise Kennedy is not a fill-in for Keith Clemens. They're two different players from what I've seen, from what I know. So then you're having people play out of position. You're having Marquise Kennedy be point guard. You're having Ahir Uguak be point guard. You're having Lucas Williamson, Tate Hall, whoever. Their their position is not point guard. Similarly, like you said with Cameron Crutwig having a lot of turnovers, he is having to pick up a lot of that slack, make decisions he's not used to, have the ball in his hands way more often than he's used to. So I'm not saying that when Keith Clemens comes back that he's going to solve everything, but I do think that he's going to make a sizable impact if he's coming back healthy, ready to play, because not only are you getting someone that you thought was going to be your starting point guard, but then all four of the other guys in the lineup with him can move to their natural positions. So doesn't mean that what you said isn't valid. It is. It's so frustrating to see this offense run the same goddamn play every single time. And it works sometimes, and other times it looks like four guys standing around Cameron Crutt with, with the ball in the paint. And that's frustrating. But I want to get back to this game. So we talked about the last made field goal was with 10 minutes left or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. 10 
With 2.49 left in the game, the score was 54-50. to We were down. Considering all that, we didn't score in, what, seven minutes up to that point. Mm-hmm. Marquise Kennedy was going to the line for two free throws. In two minutes and 49 seconds, he I don't think he made one of those free throws. I'm not positive. But we then went on to not... We scored one more point to South Florida 16. So we were so much... We were still in this game. He makes both free throws, even one free throw. You're down one shot. You're down one basket with 2.49 left. Like... I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they were feeling defeated at that point. I don't know if they're tired. I don't know if someone was playing hurt. Who knows? But, like, we still had such a good chance to win this game with 249 left. And that's, I think, those are those are the two most important times in the whole game. Not scoring your last basket with 10 minutes left and then 249 down four, two free throws coming up, and he doesn't make both of them. I don't. I can't remember if he made one or, or zero. Um, but... From a player standpoint, I mean, Cam played good, Tate played okay, and that's kind of it. I mean, Marquise had nine, so he he did okay, but just not a good game overall. I mean, turnover's not great, only made two three-pointers, and the only one to make a three-pointer was Tate. Um, still looking for more for Lucas, but um, I, just a, a sad game. Because it was winnable, and I think if we would have won, it would have been a good win. Um, and I don't think it's a good loss. So, like, it's it's kind of a difficult, you know, sometimes when you lose to a good team, it's not a bad outcome because they're a good team. South Florida, kind of middle of the pack, kind of like us. So, unfortunately, dropped that game, 66-55. Um, Lou, what are your final thoughts on that game? Yeah, I think winnable game is the exact definition of that um i i just think it's it's a hard game to watch when you see 10 minutes of no field goals and then hearing i think for me the toughest part was hearing commentators who i think this is roughly nearly their first year really pay attention detail for detail what's going on with the Lola ramblers yeah well, I, they're probably fans but, but yeah. not the same way you dissect but they the even said themselves we need to stop playing predictive basketball yeah. Plays that are, and it's just like, if they got that from one game, we lose games to Furman like that. We lose games to Coppice. So, like, what else? Is this the point where we trigger? And again, as we, it's tough for us to say what we'll see in the next games because the next game after that, we'll, we're a tournament style. But I'm talking about what is now the response after this tournament. And we're now going to talk about the next few games. Speaking of winnable games, oh. <laughs> the second game um, was against Colorado State. Again, lead at halftime. Again, uh, lost down the the, the wire. Um, the final score was sixty-one to sixty. One on a last-second floater with I don't even know. I think eight tenths of a second left um, after being up at time at one point by twelve. Um, same was different day, same story. Whatever that saying is. Now, it wasn't as bad. We did the last, our last made point. Last made point. So not even field goal like in the last game. Or yeah, in the previous game. Was with four minutes left. Tay Hall made a jump shot to put us up 60-51. to 60-51 to 51 with four minutes left. And we lost by one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, poor three-point shooting night. Um, 
too many turnovers. We did win the rebound battle. We did shoot 51% from like field goal in general. Um, there were some good things in this game. Um, and I think for me, this game came down to two things. One, I hear Uguak went to the free throw line. I think the possession before this, or maybe two possessions, with a one and one free throw opportunity. And he misses the first. And I tweeted a little bit about this too. I, I Look, you're going to miss your free throws, but you need to have the guys on the court that you are the most confident with to make free throws at the end of the game. And if that means that you think that you need to sub in, I don't even know, Bruno or Paxson or uh, Jalen Pipkins because you think they're a better free throw shooter than here Uguak, especially on an offensive possession, you need to do that. You cannot let someone be in the game or even get the ball in their hands if if you know that there are free throws coming. If it's me, I think there's two guys for sure that come to my head of who I want shooting. Cameron Crutwig or Lucas Williamson. After that, I'm not really sure. I haven't looked at the numbers. Um, I, you're in, in, in Someone's instinct might be Tate Hall. He hasn't been the best free throw shooter. I think he can be a good free throw shooter, but he hasn't been the best so far from what we've seen. Um, and then, you know, the last shot, I, I, it's frustrating because if that shot is a little strong or a little off, we're, this game is a completely different story. Yeah, we're going to be bummed that we didn't score for four minutes, but one shot makes it a horrible game versus a good game. Um, and I do think that there were some good things in this game. Tate Hall, 22 points, 8 for 14 from the field, three three-pointers, 3 for 4 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal. That's a hell of a stat line right there. That is, like, first-team All-MVC level. Cam Crutwig, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and a block. Also, very, very good stat line. Um, and then after that, I mean, decent uh, c- contributions off the bench. You get 5 from Tom Welch and 4 from each Frank and Paxson. So, you know, the bench had a decent showing. Um, but then you have three guys on your team who you need to produce something, and they didn't. And that's Uguak uh, and Marquise Kennedy, really not too much production. And Lucas Williamson, only five points in 32 minutes. Um, but there is one more point, but I want to leave it at the end. So, Lou, why don't you um, give some, some more thoughts about this game? Yeah, no, I do I, I, I do... There's the biggest debate in, I think, all the world is the free throw that didn't go in that should have gone in because if they worked on the free throws, we would have won this game. Do I understand free throws are important? Yes. But I'm going to side, I'm more on the other percentage of that it shouldn't have just come down to that one free throw. And I, mm-hmm. But I totally respect that free throws are important, so I can't deny that. For sure. But it's just it's just frustrating when I see things with this game and it's like... It's just a team that still hasn't found their three-point shot at all. Besides Tate. I think Tate has proved that he has been a, a, a valuable three-point shooter. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think that's a that's a consistent thing. Lucas went one for four, but we only made four the whole entire game, and, and Tate made three out of the four of them. So, again, is that just interesting because do we only want one guy shooting? I mean, though, so it, it's a handful of that. Um, turnovers were a little bit down. That's a huge thing. Tate saw the ball movement all around. But the thing is, like, where is that offense? It feels like we're in we're in a we're driving a car and we're in a gear that just 
is riding along. There are games like St. Joe's that mm-hmm. we're doing great and we're accelerating. There's games like IUPUI that show who we are. But then it's games like Furman. And this game, it's like we're, we're, we're slowing down. We're not coming back. And again, is my question is what the hell happened to Marquise Kennedy? Yeah, that's that was um, going to be my last point. I want to talk about yeah, that. Um, so we can talk about that as your last point. But for me, I'm a huge Marquise Kennedy fan. I tweeted that he would start. I think he should still start. Um, because I think that's how you develop someone. I don't think – I'm not saying, oh, ring the bell. This is the development year for Loyola Ramblers. No, I just think this is the guy who could be your future and top feature point guard mm-hmm. for this program. But for some reason, we only played him nine minutes and I'm not saying the other guy shouldn't deserve them. No, I I am going to say that. That's where I'm. I like I you're not you won't see that the other guys don't deserve the playing time. They don't over Marquise Kennedy. Well, so if you let me, fi- yeah, yeah. So it's no, funny sorry, because, I cut you off. I'm just real hyped yeah, up no, about this. I don't. I'm not saying the guy, other guys don't deserve time to play. But Paxton Wojcik in his 32 minutes yeah. scored two more points than Marquise Kennedy did in his nine minutes. Yeah. Um, Tom Welch actually scored five points, mm-hmm. but just, I'm just confused and wondering what's going on. Um, again, this goes back to my thing about from the last little section on the last game. I think offense needs to start running through different guys. Yeah. I think I will go back to the St. Joe's game or IUPUI game where I saw a hero block drive to the rim. Yeah. Where's that? And where's that? And no. is that a confidence thing? Is that a him thing? Or is that we don't give him a shot to do it because we don't try? Do I want him shooting perimeter shots? Hell to the no. Mm-mm. But the man is like seven feet tall. Drive yeah. to the rim. Yeah. He puts his arm up there. He's got a chance to be hitting the rim. Yeah. So that's my thing. If we allow him to do a little move and lay it in softly off the glass, we might see things. But Bruno getting 11 minutes over at Marquise Kennedy getting nine and Bruno going 0 for 2. I just, I don't know where this is. What is Bruno giving you? Like, I besides, our besides questions, 0 for 2, nothing. What what we want to know is, of this game, I think, is what the offense is supposed to look like. Yeah. And right now, it's three guys right now in this game played 32 minutes. And that was Lucas played 32 minutes, Cam played 32 minutes, and Tate played 32 minutes. And Paxson played 32 minutes. And Paxson played 32 minutes. Which is crazy. Off the bench. And that's great. Paxson's getting time. Yeah. But I don't think it's he's the spot to be playing no. with 32 minutes. No. And that's just tough to swallow and because like, this game... Was a game that we should have had. Yeah. Though, granted, I believe if I am correct, we did go another drought. Four. The last four minutes, we last didn't score. Last four minutes, we didn't score. At all. Zero points. And I'm like, that's another coaching thing. And that yep. I'm not saying this is only on the coaching staff. Here, let me let me dive into the second half. What are our last possessions? After that, uh, it was a, a Tate Hall made a jumper with four or two left. The next possession, we have... A Lucas Williamson. Well, wait. How do we not have the ball for two minutes? Let's see. Because t- timeout, miss jumper, offensive rebound, layup, a foul. So then we must have turned the ball over at some point. Um, yeah, defensive rebound. So we missed a shot. Um, Lucas missed a three. Uh, foul on Cameron Crutwig. Mm-hmm. Tate Hall missed jumper. Uh, Loyola Chicago turnover. Lucas Williamson missed three-point jumper. And with eight seconds, that's what it is. Eight seconds, Ahir Ugwak misses a free throw. And that's the game. That's crazy that those are your possessions with four minutes left. Like, not not as, not as even a layup. There's no, like, at, at least that's what ESPN showing. We have no idea. But Lucas Williamson, multiple missed threes. Tay Hall missing a jumper. So then that's the question there is, who's your guy then? 
But the thing is, if your guys are not having that great of a game, like you're telling me with four minutes and 42 seconds left, Tom Welch is the guy who pretty much last scores the points. Tate Hall hits a jumper. Yeah. But at 4.02 left, that's the last points we score in the whole entire game. How are you not getting Cam Cartwright the ball? I don't. Yeah, great question. Cam Cartwright missed a jumper. So, but How look, are you settling for two Lucas Williamson three-pointers? Like, Lucas, take the ball to hoop. Buddy, yeah. you have, you're an incredible... Okay, so let's move to the thing that I think is on everyone's minds. Marquise Kennedy's playing time. I I might need to stand up for this one. This is this is maddening. Lou, who is besides Marquise Kennedy the mo like who, that you can think of the most talented player, like pure raw talent that we've had on Loyola's team before Marquise Kennedy? Because like pure raw talent, not saying production because he hasn't played. But I mean, like even Cam, I don't think of as like pure raw talent. Like he produces. Like I don't think he's. You're looking at him and you're like, oh, he's dripping with talent. He works hard. I'm in my head. It's Milton Doyle. I can't think of anyone when he's on a hot night. Yeah, yeah. Marky's like, got the, the potential. Style, he's got the moves to the rim. He's got the flow. Yeah. Defensively, steals blocks. I think he can develop his three point shot. It's there. He has a good jump shot. So the number one way that you screw that over is by not only not playing him, playing him nine minutes in a in a tournament style basketball game which is against a team that he'll never play again, probably. So you're robbing him of valuable minutes. But then the next game, you don't even start him. What what, what signal are you giving him? Like, what, what message are you sending him that, oh, if I mess up in a game? Because he did start the game. He played nine minutes. So it was something that he did in that Colorado State game that Porter got so upset with him that not only did he not play him the whole second half, but he didn't start him the next game. That's not... I, I don't think that's a, a, a learning moment. I don't think that that is a correction. That's a punishment. There's a difference between correction and punishment. And the easiest way that you can ruin a relationship with a player is by punishing him for something that... A physical mistake. Mental mistakes are a little different. But I would assume that if it's in the course of a game, it was a physical mistake that Marquise Kennedy made. This guy is oozing with talent, and the only way that he's going to make that talent into production is by playing basketball. He's not the type of guy that is going to learn from sitting on the bench. There are certain things that he'll learn by watching the game, but he needs to be playing in order for him to be improving and producing, and that just annoys the absolute crap out of me. And I, and there was no explanation from Porter. I think that's a thing, too, is if if he was hurt, if he was sick, if he was, I don't know, said something or was late to the game or something, that would have had, like, Porter would have said something, you know, after the game, before the next game, he would have said, oh, yeah, Marquise isn't starting because he pulled his hamstring or he threw up or he was late to the hotel the night before. And that didn't happen. So that's why I think, in my opinion, all things point towards that he was being punished or coached, corrected by quarter and um i i it just drives me crazy it, it drives me absolutely crazy it's a shame it's a it's a real shame i think that marquise kennedy gives you the best opportunity to win this ball game there's no reason why marquise kennedy shouldn't have been in when i hear ugok was shooting his free throw there's no reason why with the last four minutes we didn't score you have marquise kennedy in there i think he gives you at least one layup like a, an opportunity to shoot a layup whether it's him or setting up Crutwig or setting up Williamson. So that is my rant.
And I'm happy you ranted. I don't want to have our listeners' ears start bleeding, but I agree. Thank you for coming um, to my TED Talk. Because people need to know, so far, we're 4-4. Four and four. And right now, I more care about the long term, and that means I'm not having... I want guys who I think are going to produce long term for our guys in right, right. Now. Why is Bruno and, playing? Yeah, I I'm great, sorry. Yeah. There's he's he's giving he's providing absolutely on the court absolutely nothing to this team. I'm sorry, man. I love you. I think that you're probably a great leader in the clubhouse. I bet the guys look up to him. I bet they like him. I bet all the coaches like him. I know a lot of fans like him. So, but you can be a valuable asset to the team without playing on game day. And right now, there. I think he played in the first two games. I actually, I don't think he played in the third game unless I'm missing something. Um, those minutes in the first two games were very valuable minutes in an, a unique scenario, a unique situation or game that could have been given to other players. Whether it's Kennedy, Welch, Paxson, Jalen Pipkins, who we I will talk about in this third game here. Um, yeah. Unfortunate. It's a winnable game. This yeah, one again for people upset. to know why it's so big. We lost sixty-one to sixty, yeah. and we didn't score in the last four minutes. And Marquise Kennedy only played nine minutes, and not at all this whole second half. Yeah. So, and no injury report that we know of. Again, just, if he was injured, that'd be great to know because I would hate to be bashing things. Yeah. Um, but as we know, and maybe that's the secret, and we do apologize if it's an injury, but we yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's on me. I'll wear it. If if. But the if, thing is, yeah. we'd love to see him play. Yep. All right. Lou, do you want to talk about some good stuff? What is the good things about we this? We won a basketball game. Whoa, who'd we play? Old Dominion. Old Dominion. Yeah, who we, I think we talked about a little bit on some of our preview podcasts of them being a decent team because they have been to the tournament in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think kind of like us, they lost a few uh, senior leaders. and um, But uh, like us, they also had lost their first two games coming into the seventh place out of eight game. Um, the final score, 68-61. Um, I think the real story in this game is free throws. Uh, we hit 10 of 10 and, and down the stretch. Uh, so no more, no scoring droughts, unlike the first two games. Um, and, and, and different players hitting free throws, uh, not just Crutwig or Lucas. Um, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Tate was 4 for 4 in the last... Five minutes or something from the free throw line. Crutwig hit both of his. Lucas hit both of his. And I think Pipkins was the other one. Or maybe, no, I think both Pipkins and Marquise had free throws. So a lot of players hit all their free throws. So hats off to them. Good job shooting free throws. Um, finished 26 from 31 from the line. That's outstanding. Um, I also read that Crutwig is 20 for his last 20 from the free throw line. Uh, although I guess I'll double check that because I thought I saw he missed some free throws earlier in the tournament, but nonetheless has been a much improved free throw shooter, which we'll talk about later on the podcast when we're uh, giving grades to players. Um, but yeah, I mean, outstanding games from both Crutwig and Tate Hall. Crutwig 22 points, eight rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Tate Hall 21 points, four rebounds, three assists, a steal, and three three pointers. Um, Besides that, actually, our next leading scorer was Jalen Pipkins, um, and uh, I think I want to talk a little bit about him because I, I we don't talk too much about him on the podcast. Um, he stepped up when uh, we took when Paxson wasn't playing, and both and Ugok also did not play all that much in this game. He stepped up. He played twenty five minutes. 
Uh, he hit a three-pointer, which was, I think, pretty big for us. Kind of someone else hitting a three, opening up the court a little bit. He had a really pretty up-and-under uh, layup. He um, filled in uh, when Marquise Kennedy got taken out for a couple possessions because he had an injury scare. He hit a free throw at an important time of the ball game, um, and then he hit those two big free throws late in the game. Um, so I was really impressed and happy to see Jalen Pipkins seeing significant minutes and making production, uh, creating uh, production. He did have an assist as well to go along with his eight points. Um, but I was happy to see something from him. Uh, Lou, what uh, what are your thoughts on this game? This is where I think a game defied our, a one-and-two player. It showed that a lot. It showed – and again, people could argue, oh, we knew that going into the game before the game. But no, like you saw Cameron Pekorek put up 22 points. Seven for ten from field goal. That's seventy percent. That's amazing. That's great. Uh, Tate all five for eleven. Not again. That's not bad. Over fifty percent. That's great. Putting up twenty one points. Uh, three for seven from three. Again, is that's that's about, that's about right. He, yeah. he, he, the man again scored all of our three out of our four three pointers the entire game. Yeah. So I think that just shows you uh, that. But again, is it was just an interesting game to say the least because it was. A one to really see how our team responds, and they responded strong. Uh, Marquise Kennedy ended up playing 31 minutes and didn't start, so interesting there. Kind of a flip from the last game where Marquise started. He played nine minutes, and Paxson played 32. Yeah. In this game, Paxson started, played 12 minutes, and Marquise played 31. And then poor here only played six minutes, so I just don't know. Uh, Tom Welch played 19 minutes. Uh, so just an interesting little confusion of what our lineup really like mm-hmm. um, and what Porter sees as a strong lineup. But we got the W, and I think that's just a strong statement for us. We we, we needed this W. Like, yeah. to, to say the least, there's no like, oh, that's nice. Like, we needed it. And it um, could have been really easy for them. They play this game at like 10 in the morning, something like that. They could have really easily just been walking through or sleepwalking through this game. And they came out on fire, and they... They had a stretch where I think they were up like 18 or 16 in the first half, and they especially, finished yeah. off. And especially after losing these two games, especially the most recent Colorado State, the tough game the day before, mm. um, and then the South Four, like they had a, they had something sour in the mouth. And yeah, we only won by seven, but we won. Yeah. And right now we we lost, but we lost by one, but we lost. So like again, is winning right now for us is more important than how we win. I think right now, Completely. I th- I think it's important to see that guys are playing and guys are scoring. But if you're telling me the bench is all going to drop 20 points each and that's how we're going to win, I really, at this point, just need to see a team win. Yeah. But to see, hopefully, then it function a continuous winning team. Yeah. No, I, I think some interesting little weird statistical anomalies here. Besides Cam and Tate in the starting lineup, our, the rest of our starting lineup took two shots, which I, I'm not that bummed if Paxson doesn't shoot or... And I would like to see a here shoot a little bit more, be layups or dunks or whatever. But those aren't the guys I'm too concerned about. I don't know how Lucas Williamson takes one shot. I mean, he made four for four from free throw line, but he only took one shot. And in a time on a team when we need someone to be creating their own shots, that's not enough for me. It's really not enough for me for him to finish with four points and six rebounds and a steal. That's just, he needs to be way above and beyond as the third best player on this team. And that is just not enough for me. Lou, I mean, do you agree? I mean, that's crazy. Again, is is it the hesitation? Is it the, I just think I need to see more movement from a starter? 
I think that's the more important thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I would love to see Ahir get the ball. And I'm not saying I need Lucas to go off all the time. But if you're telling me Lucas and Ahir now this year are going to be bouncing off each other, that would be cool. Because I think it would be very interesting to see Ahir start going toward the rim and Lucas start going to the rim. Mm. But if they both can't, then one. But the thing is for them to be saying barely any of them score any points or shoot. But we had way different expectations for Lucas versus Ahir going into Oh, yes. Season. But right now you have to adjust your expectations. I think I have... I expected Cameron Crutwick and Lucas to be the one two. Yeah, that's what, that's why it makes me so angry. I think. Yeah, I'll, that's true. But like the, then the question is, I don't want him taking up a whole bunch of shots now. If yeah. we know he's not the guy going to make the shots, I don't want him just chucking up opportunities that yeah they might look good, but Fair maybe enough. feeds. That's that's the thing. It's like I think after eight games, do you do you call it quits with his rotation, or do you just say hey maybe we need to start maybe something now is clicking and maybe I again is I don't know the perfect time because. If we keep saying we're going to wait, we're going to wait, then we might be end up in the MVC tournament by the time we wait. So I, yeah. that's why I think it's a, it's a totally tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else. There's not too much to say. I mean, this game was a good game. It was good for them to get a win before they went home for Thanksgiving. Um, impressive games from Cam and Tate. Marquise, a decent game off the bench in this in this case. Uh, six points, three rebounds, and three assists. Uh Love to see that, you know, that stat sheet get filled up with rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Um, but I, I think Tate and Cam won this game. And then solid contributions off the bench. Uh, like we mentioned, Pip with eight, uh, Marquise with six, Frank with four, and Tom with three points, um, which is much more than Ahir and Paxson scored combined. So, which was zero. Um, but... I don't know. Fun game. I mean, it was entertaining. I'm really glad they hit their free throws. Um, free throws won this ball game for them, and um, excited to see. Uh, I'm I am excited to see how Keith Clemens changes this um, this team. So, um, uh, one last thought, I guess, on the tournament as a whole. Cameron Crowick was named to the All Tournament team. It looked like every team got at least one, and I think the champion, the two championship teams got two. Um, so I think it was more of like a pick pick one guy from the team. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Tate Hall get it either, actually. Uh, he did score one more point than Cam did in the tournament. Um, but, uh, okay, I have a, a fun fact for you. Who do you think, uh, Lou, who do you think over the three games scored more points, Lucas Williamson or Marquise Kennedy? Marquise Kennedy. He did, by two. I Which too. is not, I, I still, you know, as we talked about before, I think Lucas needs to score more. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to that's gonna wrap up our, our Cayman Islands um, analysis. We'll uh, give quick grades to the, the whole team as far as how they've done in the first quarter of the season. So stay tuned, uh, keep listening, and go Blairs. I have all my heart. Mm. I'm the number one biggest Marquise Kennedy fan. Number one biggest Marquise Kennedy fan. Yeah. So I think Marquise Kennedy for me is just, it, it, it's super fun to watch him play. It's super fun to watch him play. Watch him play. And we're back. So um, I think we just have – this is going to be – we're going to keep it short and sweet. But I think uh, we've played enough games uh, for a lot of these players to give them um, a sort of just a, 
a grade on how they've done so far in the first eight games. Um, there are a couple players which I don't think are fair to grade right now. Um, one, uh, anyone who hasn't played, obviously. So Cooper, Brady Norris, <laughs> I feel like it's worth mentioning, um, and Keith Clevins have not played, so not worth not worth talking about them. I need um, the walk-ons. Yeah, the walk-ons. I mean, yeah, shout out. We're ha- when you play, that means we're winning. Yeah, so A plus. Be, yeah, A plus A- all the walk-ons. Exactly. No doubt. Um, but then, so Frank, I don't think he's played enough. I'm really happy to have him back. We didn't really talk about him at all in the tournament. I am happy to have him back. I think that I'm really excited to see him keep playing. He looked good. Um, nothing nothing really stood out. I think he had one dunk, which was really fun. Um, yeah, it's always great to see him dunk. Yeah. Uh, but still looking for him to, I think, be a, a continue his defensive improvement. Um, next guy, I, I don't... Do we want to give a grade to Bruno? I feel like no, if Bruno, it is, we, it's not good enough. I don't... We, we don't want to... We're just... We're happy to D- see minus. you play, but let's just... That's that's all buck there. Team minus. I, I don't think you've played enough, but again, as I just... I think it's... You're a tough one because I, I wanted you to be part of our system, but I don't think this system really is calling for you. Yeah. And nothing on you. I think you're a great guy, great player. But just that's just how it, things have been going. Tough and season. Tough season. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so then that leaves us with our main starting five. So Cam, Tate, Lucas, Marquise, and Ahir, as well as Paxson, Jalen Pipkins, and Tom Welch, which we talked a little bit, and you don't really – do you want to start from the bottom and go up? Yeah, like, bottom up. That so makes sense. Tom Welch, would you, you you can say what you said yeah, about Yeah, I just Tom. don't think there's enough to grade him. Granted, he's played eight games, but like the minutes-wise, I – yeah, let's see. He's averaging he's, 10 minutes right He's now. averaging 10 minutes. Okay, so that's great. Um, he's taking 12 total shots. Not a lot. Not a lot. The next highest is 21 from Paxton, and then even that, the next highest is 33. So it, it's a tough one. Like, Jalen Pipkins has played the same amount of game, but I Jalen Pipkins is averaging 15 minutes a game. Yeah. Paxton's averaging 20. So, like, Tom Welch, again, is – I think now we're going to see that decline with Franken, or maybe we're going to see it go up. I don't know. But he did play minutes with both Cam and Frank. In the yeah, and I think that's that the whole cool. point about you, Welsh. If you're listening, I don't know why I'm at thinking you're listening right now. I think now. one of his parents actually follows the podcast. But uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, but uh, I think it's just I want to see you in a system. I would love to see a system, see us calling a platoon of power forwards with yeah. you, Frank and you switching in for a here and um, – I hear in Krutwig, but right now we haven't seen that, and there's nothing new. I just don't think it's fair, me personally, to grade you. It's not that you haven't played. It's just like you haven't played, I think, enough to give you a respectable grade. Okay. That's my, yeah. Um, but you buck Yeah, right I, I mean, I've seen I've seen him play. I've watched, and I've seen him at the games and stuff like that. And I, I do think, I think before the tournament, I would have given him a C-. minus. I think not based on potential. I think he's got the biggest potential. After the tournament, I think he played a pretty good tournament, all things in, in, included. I think he had... A couple. I think he scored five in two games and three in another, or something like that. Um, and I saw him. I saw him improve on some things. He made an and one. He he finished strong, um, from what the broadcaster said. And he's getting rebounds. And I do. I think he's improved and he's showing steady improvement. And I'm excited to see how he keeps improving. I think if he keeps playing ten minutes a game, I think that's probably the perfect amount of playing time. Honestly, I mean, I think there will be games where he plays a little more, a little less, but. Um, I'm excited to see how he grows, and I think that he has a spot in this offense of being a guy to play with Frank and Cam. I really don't know how I feel yet about him being the center, being the tallest guy on the team, 
just considering or being the tallest guy on the floor, considering I don't think he's the strongest guy right now. Um, so C plus I get for Tom Walsh. Um, I think the next one up the list then would be Pipkins. Um, I'll start this one off and then you can you can finish it. Um, I don't know. I, I think Pipkins is I he is a good scorer. I think that that's obvious that he he's it's obvious that he played JUCO because there are times when he makes up his mind that he's going to go score, going going to go try and score and get his. And there are times when he looks very impressive and he the skills are there. And there are also times where he kind of goes rogue and it doesn't look great. He misses a wild shot, makes a bad pass. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how his role changes when Clemens comes back. Um, I, I've seen at times where he is the defensive substitution late in games and if he's going to if he's going to support that and, and be and accept that role, I think that there, that's a valuable role for him, especially if he can make free throws, which I, I don't think he's had many opportunities. He's only shooting 63% right now, 62 and a half. But if he can shoot free throws and he can play good defense, then he might have a spot on that like last, like the last four minutes of the game where you need ball handlers. You need someone who can make free throws and play defense. So, um, it's tough. I'm going to give him a C. I, I Not bad. Not good. Um, room for improvement. Um, but I'm really... I, I'm, I'm interested to see how his role develops throughout the season when Clemens comes back and comes back healthy. Lou, Jalen Pipkins, how are you feeling? Um, I don't know him yet, but I do like the idea of him ball handling. He did start a game, so that's kind of a big improvement. But again, is right now starting a game for Loyola Ramblers could mean crap. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest. You could start and play nine minutes. So I don't know... What starting means, again, is we don't know the offense that would be around him. Mm. Um, but I do – do I would rather him bring up the ball than a here and then him give the ball down to a here? Yeah, because I think a here would be great to have him toward the rim. But I don't think a here should be worried about handling the ball. I think he should be worried about giving the ball in the post and then put it up the rim. And then we go hopefully play some good defense. Yeah. I think that's all a here should be doing. I'm not saying the kid can't do anything more, but right now you're not good at ball handling. Oh, dribbling the ball. Yeah, it's about Pipkins. Yeah, this yeah. Is, I want Pipkins to be the one dribbling. Good, no, so I So I agree. think that's where, again, is we don't know if here starting, Pipkins should start. Or, again, is like you just mentioned, late minutes, that's where Pipkins comes in. Yeah. And, again, I, we haven't seen enough of anything yet. He started one game. He's played all eight, though. So happy to see that. Again, is is this, again, where we don't know if a Juca guy fits yet we have to wait a year? Great yeah. question. So there there are many ways to really really, really roll the dice on Jalen Pipkins but i think for me it would be give him an unfair grade I definitely i think he's on the grade scale more than Tom Welch so i'd say a c plus right now okay um nothing too terrible i've seen out of him nothing mm-hmm. too great though i think for me he he right now is 36 from field goal so i'd love to see that go yeah, up yeah he needs to improve um, his field goal percentage yeah sure. and he's had seven turnovers so that means he's nearly averaging a turnover a game which isn't great but it's not Terrible. Yeah. Um. Not high assist. He's not high rebounds. So I. I. Uh, I. He's averaging a rebound a game. So yay. Um. So, yeah. It's it's just an interesting. He's only sixty two from free throw. Right. So yeah. So, I would love to see him improve his free throw percentage if mm-hmm. he gets those opportunities. Um. Yeah. yeah. All right. C and C plus for Pipkins. Uh. Moving up to Pax and Mojic. Why don't you start Pax? When do you think how how has he played so far this year? I think Paxomojic sometimes feels to me like a deer in headlights because mm-hmm. um, I don't know what he's doing yet and I don't know where he fits yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just tough, not on really him, but on like what rotation we're playing. Um, I'd say a C plus for me. Okay. Uh, nothing too fancy. I think he's gotten nice buckets, but I think 
he hasn't dominated. Like, he played 32 minutes. Yeah. Um, he also played 32 minutes alongside of Cameron Crutway and Lucas Williamson, or and Tate Hall, sorry. Um, I don't think he deserved to play 32 minutes because it's not like he's dominating those 32 minutes. No. So I think that's where, if we're basing off the time he's played, he has not shown the... I don't... I'm going to regret saying worthy, but he hasn't built the caliber yet of a 20-minute player. Okay. A game, I think. Um, and again, it was just that one game. He came out of nowhere and played 32 minutes, and that's great. But it's just it's just tough. I, I think it is it is really tough. He, he's showing he can assist. He, he's averaging more than one assist a game. That's great off the bench. Um, but it, it's he's averaging 2.7 rebounds a game. So that's it. There you go. He's he's kind of almost like a bench player. Yeah. Again, as he started the game, so I was thrown off. Yeah. So I think to start a game, he was really bad. Right, right. He's not player. a starter. That's insane. So no. if we're gonna, yeah. So I think my average is skewed because he started that game. Mm-hmm. But if he consistently is a bench player, oh, I think it's a B minus. Okay, okay. No, I think for me, see, I think I disagree a little bit. I, but this, I'm basing it off of when before the season of the three freshmen, I thought Paxson would give us the least amount of production. Okay. So for me, he has exceeded my expectations. I would, I'm going to give him a B plus. Because I've seen him put in quality defense. He's almost got a steal a game. So he's got seven steals and almost, or, yeah. uh, six steals in seven games, um, which is, I think, impressive. Um, I've seen him able to make three-pointers. I re- I want him to actually shoot uh, more three-pointers. And, and the broadcast guys were saying multiple times he would pass up open threes. Um, four, almost four and a half points a game, 2.7 rebounds, 1.4 assists. Um, I, I, I like what I see out of Paxson. I like his energy. I like, um, I like him on defense. Uh, I'm really excited to see how he continues to develop his game. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that scores, you know, 15, 16 points a game, but this season, if he can finish, you know, scoring six points a game or something and giving you three rebounds and two assists and a steal like that is super valuable as a bench player, like you said. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give him a B plus. So uh, B minus and B plus or C plus, whatever, uh, somewhere in between there. Uh, next guy, I hear Uguak. Oh, um, six point four points a game, three eight point five rebounds, two assists, uh, less than a steal, less than less than a block, and um, two point six turnovers a game. Um, C minus. Really thought he would take the step forward. I think he's had probably one good game that I can think of. Um, I And also not seeing the defensive improvements, which I know doesn't always show up in a stat line, doesn't show up in steals and blocks, but the dude is so tall and lengthy. It blows my mind that he can't get an, a steal a game or a, maybe like one and a half steals plus blocks per game. Like that, he seems like the perfect player to do that. Um and also, in this last game where he played six minutes, coming on the heels of a Keith Clemens return, potentially, does not spell good things for him. I wouldn't be surprised if when Keith Clemens comes back, that Uguak is the guy that loses his starting spot in the rotation. C-. minus Lou? C. Uh, d- low C. Um, I think that one game, I still see that highlight in my head. Uh, do I think that it's burden on him to be a C minus? No, I think the, the coaching staff has burdened him more on the rotation and how the offense goes. Mm-hmm. But again, is the man played the same pretty much offense played last year, and he dropped all those points in Creighton, 
and I'm wondering where that guy is. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be upset with his defense because it's kind of weak, but the man's offense is not even that strong as it was. Like, I will never probably see the Hero Ugok. Maybe he may turn up in tournament style, but I don't, would love to know where that guy from Creighton went. And maybe he just said, hey, hell with it. This is probably our last game. I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. And he went off. So I'd love to know where he went. Yeah. Uh, next guy, Marquise Kennedy. Um, in 24 minutes, averaging 9.3 points, three rebounds, a little over one assist, one steal per game. Uh, he's had four blocks in, in eight games, uh, averaging two turnovers, and shooting over 50% from the field. Um, this is tough. I mean, I, I've seen so really a lot of, I mean, obviously we're some of the biggest Marquise Kennedy fans there are, um, but I've also seen some stretches where he looks like he's going too fast. Or he's not given the, the correct opportunity to show himself. Um, but that's not really his fault. It's tough. I really I expected him to be good. I didn't expect him to be this good like this early. Um, I'm between a B plus and an A minus. I think a B plus. Yep, that's exactly. I'm going to give him a B plus. Yeah. Um, I personally also put him at a low B plus, maybe a B. Uh-huh. I had high standards for him coming in. Right. Um, but kind again, of the he's... opposite of what I had for Pax. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had high standards for him, so I expected a lot. But again, is he's shown so much that I'm like, whoa, there's so much. There's a, such a high ceiling. Again, is there are points where it's like, whoa, coaching staff not holding him, like not kind of letting him do his thing. But then there are times where it's like, buddy, like, whoa, slow it down. Yeah. And again, is I can easily see the argument for like, but he doesn't know that, and I totally get that. Um, so again, is it's like a B plus because it's like, whoa, we gotta be granted this is a high, amazing thing to get from a freshman. But again, is if he continues this path, it's like there's going to be like high points and then also really low points because there's no middle ground right now for him. Right. It's either he's really good or there's an issue where he's just turning he's, the ball over, pushing it too much. But again, it's, there's a lot of high hopes for him. Yeah. Uh, next guy, Lucas Williamson. He's averaging, he's playing over 30 minutes a game. It's uh, 10.6 points, four and a half rebounds, one and a half assists, one and a half steals. Uh, he's had a couple blocks this year, averaging about two turnovers a game. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is he is only shooting 27% from three-point range. Um, wow. I really, really expected him to be the odd-on favorite as the second-best player on this team. He was preseason um, Missouri Valley third team um, and has played nowhere near that uh, yet. I think for me he's a B-minus to C-plus. I, I guess I think I'm leaning more C plus. I I think he's played good defense and he's always going to get you some steals. He's always going to match up against the best offensive player on their team. But this team needs someone to take the ball and score the ball and find opportunities and create opportunities. And he has not been that player up to this point. So um, yeah, I'm going to give him a C plus. I really expect a lot out of Lucas and uh, just not showing it yet. Lou, how do you feel about Lou Kiss Williamson? I'm going to give Lucas a uh, low B. Um, I think there's a lot of not concrete things that you see him do for the team. I think he's mm-hmm. definitely a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, Bruno is the only senior, but he's not really our leader on the team. I think, I think Lucas is the emotional leader. Yeah, and I think that's a huge thing. But skill-wise, definitely not the Lucas I saw last year, even when he Lucas was coming off his injury and great. I think this Lucas is just a little confusing of to watch because it's like, why would you do that? Well, who, what, what are you, 
what are you running? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that is just a confusing thing to watch as a fan. Mm-hmm. And as a fan who wants to see him do well, I'm not saying, oh, this year I wanted Lucas to be bad and Marcus Marquise to go up or Cameron to go up and Tate to go up and here to go. And like, I don't want any, want everyone to go up. Mm-hmm. I want to see arrows going up. I want to see all these guys at BA pluses. But for just like what I thought right now, I see Lucas as a B. Yeah. Just because I, again, as the man was third team NBC per season, I projected him as our two guy. Leading the defense, Crutwig leading the charge on offense, bouncing off each other, and right now it's bouncing, but don't know where they're going. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So C plus and a, a low B uh, for Lucas. Tate, uh, his last two are going to be fun to talk about. Uh, Tate Hall averaging the most minutes on the team. He's playing 31.6 minutes a game. He's averaging nearly 14.5 points, uh, about five rebounds, two and a half assists, two steals a game. Um, also two turnovers a game and shooting, uh, 39% from three. I think it's an A. I, I think this one's easy. I, at least that in my opinion, I'm really, I have a meaning A plus straight, would be the highest, right? No, just, yeah. A plus would be the highest. A plus. So, so straight what are you up giving a. a. Okay. Um, I didn't know what to expect from Tate. I'd heard good things, but we had also heard really good things about here. Uglock and we all know how that turned out last year. Uh, no shade, but, uh, Tate, um, I'm, I'm impressed with him. I think, and for me, the two biggest stats, I think, are steals and three-point percentage. And I know steals are somewhat objective, or sorry, subjective, um, in the stat book sometimes where it's a loose ball or whatever. But um, averaging two steals a game, you know, he's so he's got 16 in, in eight games. That's really, really impressive. Shooting 39% from three, he's our... Uh, he's he's leading the team for all intents and purposes. Paxson's at fifty percent, but I think he's only shot four. Um, so Tate is leading the team at least from game to game in three point percentage, and uh, getting nearly five rebounds a game, playing good defense, scoring the ball. I would love to see him improve a little bit on his free throws. He's at sixty five percent right now. I would love to see him finish the season at like seventy five percent, and I think that's you know that's a good baseline for him. Um, but really impressive Tate, easy A for me. Lou, oh, how are you feeling? Yeah, I, I give him an A minus. I did not expect this right out of the gate. Um, I expected him only to be kind of a, a again is kind of just a second piece to Lucas and Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, no, this guy is playing first fiddle. Yeah. Um, uh, and he's the only reason I don't give him higher is I want to see him lead more. I don't feel that yet from watching him, and I think it's more of a he's waiting for things to happen. Yeah. Um. I don't. And again, it's kind of tough for a shooter to like create his own shot because yeah. maybe you need to wait for the offense to get to you. But again, is I'd love to see that more. And I think though, again, is that maybe we should have an offense run between Marquise Kennedy and him. I maybe with the the speed of him and then the uh, comp. Compliment of yeah, or, Tate Hall. Or three-man game with Marquise, Tate, and Cam. You know, screen Again, rolls, I don't know. backdoor yeah. screens. But yeah. my thing is, Tate Hall has definitely, definitely shattered any preseason thought I had. Yeah. Um, If we're really talking about preseason, I could see him on a third team. All yeah, oh, he's playing that well. Uh, right he's now, playing sure. that well. Um, We're going to get into our next big guy because there's now a concern for me. But I think Tate Hall is no concern at all. Yeah. Um. So, A and A minus for Tate. Uh, Cam... He's averaging nearly 30 minutes a game. He's the leading scorer at just a tick under 17 points a game. He's the leading rebounder with 6.8 rebounds a game. He's the leading assists man with 4.6 assists a game. Uh, And then nearly a steal and a block per game. Um, Unfortunately, also the leading turnover guy right now at 2.9. But shooting 65% from the field, which is huge. And my favorite thing I love to see from Cameron Krotwick is that he's shooting... 
88% from the free throw line, and he's got a bunch of free throw attempts this season. I I don't have that stat right in front of me. Um, I'm sure I can free throw attempts. Yeah. Yeah. So Cameron Crowe right now is 29 of 33. He's yeah. 87.9 free throws. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think similar to Taylor Hall, I'm going to give him an A. I'm really happy. I, of course, the turnovers are a bit of a bummer, but I really, I am under the impression and the belief that once Keith Clemens come be- comes back, that, uh, Cam is not going to be handling the ball as much and that that number will go down. Lou, what do you got? Yeah, I, I think Cameron Kerbick is definitely an A. The only issue with A-plus is that he's not playing the amazing perfected. I think an A-plus means perfect. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of tough because, yeah, the turnovers are high. But, again, he's the man who's literally holding the ball the whole – I would say if we could start a clock and see yeah. how long he holds the ball on all our possessions, or not just time of possession, but time of Cameron Crutwick possession yeah. is what I'd love to know. Because the ball, as defenses now know, the ball has to go through Cameron Crutwick. That's literally how we play. And that's amazing but also tough. But Cameron Crutwick right now is playing amazing ball. I do think if we're going to be worrying about Missouri Valley Player of the Year, because we need to talk about it, he needs to step it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but again, is maybe he doesn't care. Again, is he might be a guy who would like, I want to win as a team and not worry about personal and singular awards. And that would be amazing. Because I just don't know, as uh, Cameron Crowick, we don't know what you're thinking. I just would hope to see him... Take it up a next notch a little bit. I think there are obvious ways for him to get better too. Wouldn't you agree? That like it's not like obscure things, right? Like I think it's just shot selection a little bit sometimes. Yeah, like and I get this, but concrete I, ways for him. To yeah, get I think it's just a little tough for him because hey, I could be like, oh, take better shots, but then it's like I'm the only one who's making the shot. Like he went seven for ten, right. and like there are games where you feel that Cameron's like, I need to score. Because I'm the one who's supposed to lead. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, buddy, we want 10 minutes without scoring a field goal. We want four minutes without scoring a point. Yeah, he needs to be a guy. He needs to demand the ball. You need it. No, but either demand a ball or you or need take to be a, the shots. Not, not just that. I think you'd call a play yourself like, hey, yeah. I want you to demand score. Ball. Well, I think more dishing the ball. Okay. I think that's not even – he has to score. I think he could be that A+. Plus. Yeah. Again, he leads our team in all these stats, and I can't – how much more can he ask for? Right, right, he, right. 20-year-old, 19 – I don't know. But maybe you can see him be like, hey, we haven't scored. Yeah. Come here. I'm going to give you the ball. They're yeah. going to – they're all going to crowd me. Here you go. Yeah. And if that don't score, then that's when he's – but then that's in maybe in his mind going, well, I need to score because no one else is. Right, right. right. And that's so tough because – He's a singular player, and then it's tough because he's not a guy like Clayton Custer or Marquis, Marcus Towns who can just dribble really quick and drive to the rim. Right. He's a guy where uh, he has to hold center gravity and move and try to balance off guys who are going to crash on him. And he need, he's a lot of times he depends on someone giving him a good pass. A good pass. And again, it's, he is the one who's always holding the ball, and he's trying to make sure you get to the ball, but he can't drag you to the ball. Right. As again, my favorite clip when I was last on the podcast, yeah. he picked up. Physically. Physically, Marquise Kennedy, and moved him to go play defense. He can't do that for everything. No. He can't go, hey, I need you to move to this spot. Oh, hold on, timeout. I need you to move right here because this is where you're supposed to be so I can give you the ball. But then I get pressured in turnovers. So, Cam McCormick, keep doing what you're doing. If you can find a time to elevate it, I'd love to see it. Mm -hmm. But it's it's just tough when it's your best player. There's nothing more we can do for him because it's kind of tough already Mm -hmm. uh, for him. So, I think that's, that's where we're at. 
So moving forward, one player, who are you looking for for the most, from, to improve the most over this next little bit here? Who I want to improve the most yeah. is Luke Swanson. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, easy enough. Easy answer. Um, cool. Well, um, thanks for listening. I know it's a little bit of a long one, but we did have three games to talk about, and you know we have had a significant portion of the season. Um, so yeah, I think the the schedule from here on out, you know, you're obviously going to be listening to this either Sunday night or Monday morning. Um, and then, uh, we do have a game, uh, we have two games this week. Uh, first we play on Tuesday at Ball State, um, at, I believe that's at 6 p.m. Um, be a good road test for our team. Redemption Um, game again. They beat us last year. They did. Yeah, they beat us last year. So hopefully we can return the favor to them on their home court this year. Um, a decent team so far this year, but definitely one that we should beat. Um, maybe not definitely, but we we will have a good opportunity to beat them and it, it will be good to beat them. Um, and then potentially uh, an and one episode this week, either maybe Thursday, just kind of depending on how the game goes. If it's if it's one sided either way, I might not. But if it's a close game and worth talking about, then uh, maybe I'll put one out. And then uh, our next game on Saturday uh, is at home against Quincy. Um, on my schedule, it's at eleven o'clock, but then someone just tweeted in that they think it's at one. So I'm gonna have to check my schedule online because I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, after that we have just, I think, three non-con games after, uh, these two this week, um, Norfolk State, Vanderbilt, and Davidson, so, um, this, this non-con schedule is farther than 50, you know, half done, um, and so far, I don't know how much we really know about this team, we're 4-4, four and four, waiting for Keith to come back, waiting for Frank to, you know, um, be fully healthy and fully into that rotation, um, but uh, I can't tell you it hasn't been entertaining. <laughs> Heart's really hurting. Whether good or bad, um, I think the least entertaining game so far has been Furman. Um, and that one was over before halfway through the second half. But anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, thank you all for reading our tweets and uh, sticking with us. Um, it really means a lot when you guys tweet to us saying that you appreciate the content, that you like um, reading our tweets or, or interacting with us. Um, I think this holiday season, I'm thankful for all you listeners. So, um, I think that's going to do it, do it for us. Lou, any last thoughts? No, I think it's, um, awesome to have a listener base like you guys. Awesome to be able to talk about Loyola Rim basketball and talk about something I like and love, but I think I'd, I'd hopefully see the team be more thankful and share the ball and start winning more games. Uh, that'll do it for us here at Podcast 63. Thank you all for listening. Um, and don't forget, Goblers.